So hello there and welcome to my table, Firestarter Ignite, a table on the go for your delight and encouragement, filled with various delights for your soul. If you are new to this, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. Tune in, listen, apply. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend here with me. I know you got places to go. I know you got things to discover. I know you got people to see, but here you are. And if you are returning, so glad to have you. For those of you that have not visited my website, I highly encourage you to do so. Firestarterignites.com. Head on over there and I'll see you on the other side. Hello and thank you once again for joining my table of delight, Firestarter Ignite, a podcast on the go derived from my journey of life for your delight and encouragement. I share what's on my heart as well as the journey that I'm on with those that I'm connected to. Over the next few weeks, I will be sharing a study on the book of Matthew and you too can be part of it. Join, if you have not yet, a private Facebook group, Sword Study Delight, for discussions and further details. That's facebook.com slash groups slash Sword Study Delight. Without further ado, let's get started. Matthew chapter 21. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her cold by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the fall of a donkey. This is taken from Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9. The disciples, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. So, Back in the days, the transportation that people used was donkeys. It wasn't, they didn't have cars. They didn't have buses or they didn't have trains. They had animals. Uh, perhaps it was a camel, a donkey, or another animal that they would ride to get to the, another place. We see this in, um, in the book of Matthew in the beginning where, uh, Jesus' mother rode on a donkey as well uh, to, trend, to, to go to another city. So that was the, the main transportation that was used in those days. And so Jesus tells the disciples to go get this particular transportation and at a particular place. He even point out the location and he told them to, to get this uh, donkey and bring it to him. And they did exactly as it was instructed. Um, they brought, they, it says that they brought the donkey, uh, placed their cloak on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large cloud sp spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. This is a beautiful illustra illustration of Palm Sunday. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
Hosanna in the highest heaven. So they all glorified, glorified the Son of Man. They all bring him glory. They all shouted and praised his name. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Beautiful picture, beautiful uh, illustration of Jesus sitting on a donkey and uh, being glorified by the people in the city. Let us continue. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. So he came into the, uh, into the temple and he overturned the, the, te the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling those. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. You're making it a business place. You're selling and buying. This is not a place uh, to sell and buy. This is a place to pray. This is a house of prayer. This is where people gather together to pray. It is not a place where you are going to be seeking for profit. This is not a place where you're going to be making business. This is a place that belongs to the Lord. So Jesus was just fed up with it. He came into the temple and he just ran everybody off. He's saying, uh, get out of here. It is written. He said, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. And uh, the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. This was Jesus uh, normal. He healed people everywhere he went. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouted in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. They did not like it. They, they felt intimidated. They uh, probably felt scared. They just did not appreciate what was going on. Who, who, who are they? These were the teachers of the law and the chief priests, the one that were in charge, the one that seek glory, the one that were highly esteemed in that particular place. And now they're giving glory to Jesus. Now they're worshiping Jesus. They're not worshiping them. They're not esteeming these particular uh, lawmakers and teachers of the law. And so they, they felt intimidated. They... They've, they felt scared as well. And so uh, they said in verse 16, Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have, have you never heard from the lips of children and infants? You, Lord, have called forth your praise. And this particular uh, passage comes from Isaiah 56, verse 7. And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. So they, they were not happy. These particular teachers of the law, they, they were not happy with Jesus. They, they felt intimidated. They felt uh, that they were, they were, they felt threatened by Jesus. Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately, the tree withered. As a miracle took place. 
When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So he was demonstrating his faith. What he was doing was demonstrating his faith to his disciples and teaching them the kingdom, teaching them the faith. And, uh, and so they were marveled at what was going on. And Jesus said, listen, this is nothing. If you just, if you told, if you tell this mountain to go throw into the sea, it will, it will be done by faith. Whatever you ask for in prayer, it will be done unto you. So he was demonstrating faith. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you this authority? Who has allowed you? Who has allowed you to do this? Who is the person that put you in charge of this, right? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, then why do you believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the people and they will hold all that John was and they will all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Then he said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. So when Jesus answered, he answered with wisdom. He was, he knew exactly what, how they ticked. He, he knew exactly what was going on in their hearts. He knew exactly the intents and motives. And, and, uh, and so he just, as, as they were trying to trip him, Jesus answered them in a way that would trip them, that would trap them instead. The next uh, two parables that I also want to um, dissect in the next section. God bless and take care. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the, the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they repl replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. Hmm. The Pharisee, the religious, the religious officials and leaders were looking for something to accuse Jesus of. And they, they were watching every word 
that he was speaking so they could trap him in his words. And they came to Jesus. Matter of fact, they, they, uh, they bring another disciple with them and uh, ask him to speak for them, basically. But Jesus knew what was going on. Jesus knew their evil intent. He knew what was going on in their hearts. Like before we even form our lips, uh, our words, the words on our lips, before we form the words on our lips, or before we even think about saying something, Jesus already knows our intent. He says exactly what they were thinking. Y'all trying to trip me. I know what y'all doing. But since you asked me, I'll tell you. Since you asked me, I'll tell you exactly what it is that you're, you're seeking for. But I know your evil intent. That's what Jesus is saying. And he did answer them, but not in the way they expected. They expected to trap him. They expected him to say something else. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew what their evil intent was. And they came to trap him, but they went away amazed. They went away amazed. Verse 23. That same day the Sadducee, who say there was no, there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for him. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died. And since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and the third brother, right on down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now then, at the resurrection, whose, li whose wife will she be of the seven, since all of them were married to her? Jesus replied, you are an error. Because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels of heaven. But about the resurrection of dead, have you not read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard him, they were astonished at his teachings. So these Sadducee who did not believe in resurrection of the dead came to Jesus and tried to trap him too. And the way that they were asking these questions, it didn't even relate to anything that they were going through. They just wanted to get Jesus or confuse Jesus or whatever, whatever their intent was. I don't know exactly what their intent was, but... They, they, they try to do something so that Jesus, you know, is trapped in his words. But Jesus removes the focus and puts that focus on the resurrection of the dead. He said, y'all don't like this, but here it is. <laughs> y'all don't like this, but here it is. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God said that to you. He's not the God of the dead, but of the living. He just put some salt in their wounds. They did not want to hear this. And instead, the crowds were astonished at Jesus', Jesus teachings. 
hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducee and the Pharisee got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. So I did a study back in 2018. And um, the heart, I did a study on the heart, soul, and mind. The heart is the center innermost part of your being, a place where your emotions are felt. A soul is a spiritual part of human being. It is immortal. This is where the principle of life, feeling, thoughts, character, and so forth is located. Who you are after death, your eternal future, the soul. And the mind is the element of a person that enables humans to feel and think. This is where your perception comes from, your thinking, your reasoning, judging, and even remembering. So when these Sadducee and Pharisee got together, they, they asked Jesus this question because they were trying to trap him, which is the greatest commandment in the law. And Jesus answered them. The first commandment is to love God with all your mind, with all your soul and with all your heart. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So if you love God with all your mind and with all your soul and with all your heart. You won't want to displease him. You won't want to disobey him. And if you love neighbor as yourself, you won't want to harm your neighbor. This is the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. So though they tried to trap him and were looking for answers, but they were literally looking for answers to trap Jesus. They, they weren't curious. They were just looking for him, for, for, for Jesus to, to, to be trapped by the words that he's saying. While the Pharisee gathered, verse 41, together, Jesus asked him, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. So Jesus literally used the same weapon that they used against him to try to trap him, to try to trap them. Because they kept coming at him with questions. Jesus like, I'm going to give you a question that all of you will be silent afterwards. So he's like, come on, I'm just, I'm just tired of all these questions, right? So... 
So Jesus is like coming up with this, this question that he knows they're not going to be able to answer. And so the weapon, well, the weapon that they use against Jesus was the very weapon that they got entrapped by it. So be careful when you have an intent to try to trap someone with your questions. Be careful because your intent may be to trip someone else, but you will be the very one who falls into the trap. Be very careful. I hope that it has been a blessing to you and you have learned something from these Pharisee and Sadducee because... They were always trying to accuse Jesus. They were always trying to, uh, they were always looking for ways to trap him. And in the end, they were the ones. They were the ones who were trapped. Thank you for staying with me on this chapter. God bless and take care.